Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is part two of my conversation with trench safety survivor Eric Jagir. We pick up the conversation where he explains how his life and attitudes towards safety have changed since the incident. After this brief word from United Rentals. In today's world, it is critical to have a partner that puts safety at the forefront. A partner who understands what you're up against. A partner you can count on to get you what you need when you need it. That's why United Rentals is here for you. Combining equipment, safety, experience, and data to help your team get the job done. United Rentals, here to help with the equipment and tools you need. To find a store nearest you, visit unitedrentals.com or call 1-800-URRENTS. So 20 years later, how did this incident change not only your approach to safety, but also your life in general? Oh, man, where do we start? You know, um, accidents change a lot of things, you know. Um, I, I was married six days before this accident happened to me. And, um, you know, you, you you get married, you settle down and you think, OK, this is what we're going to do in our life. And you pay your bills and, and, and you know, you kind of have this way of life. But after the accident happened, everything changed for me. You know, um, I was 27 years old. 28 years old at this point, just bought a house, you know, just got married, didn't really have any money. I'm on workers' compensation. And, you know, every time money would come in for workers' compensation, I was kind of like, forget the bills. I'm going to take the money and go do this because I could die tomorrow, you know? Uh, oh, you want, I'd say to my wife, you know, you want to go to bed at 8, 39 o'clock tonight? Go ahead. I'm going to go down and do this because I could die tomorrow. And um, the accident kind of put me in a, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You need to live life to the fullest. And then it got to a point where I was so busy trying to repair my life and figure out what I wanted to do with it that I kind of forgot that I had somebody else that I was married to. And ultimately, that caused my wife and I to get divorced. Um, but there's so many different changes. You know, I, you know, directly after the accident happened, I didn't want to swim. I didn't want to go into elevators. I didn't want to be underneath cars changing my oil. I mean, I, I never wanted to hold my breath again because I was so afraid of, of what had happened. But even 20 years later, there's effects all the time about the accident, you know? Um, and to me, the biggest effects are the emotional ones, you know? Um, I normally tell people all the time, to me, there's three costs to an accident, right? There's the financial cost, which, you know, there's fines by OSHA and, and, and stuff like that. And then there's the physical cost of an accident. You know, my physical cost was I have three holes in my brain. My back's all tore up. I punctured my lungs. I have cut marks. So they hit me the shovel. You know, those are the physical costs, but I, I've learned to live with those. And then there's the emotional costs. And, um, man, those are the worst, you know. I mean, 20 years later, I still feel terrible um, about what I put all those people that I love through, you know. I mean, I have a little girl of mine. Uh, 11 years old, and I have a stepdaughter who I just really find out wants to get married. And, and every little girl dreams of their wedding day and, and that honeymoon. And, you know, I kind of ruined that for my ex-wife, and I feel terrible about that. And, you know, my grandfather, uh, he was my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. And um, we did everything together. My dad died when I was little. My grandfather, you know, he didn't have any boys, so we hunted, we fished. And, you know, my mom said the hardest thing she ever had to do was is that she called my grandfather up and she said to him, Hey dad, we got to go to New York. We got to go right now. My grandfather's like, what are you talking about? We were just there for Eric's wedding. And my mom said, dad, there's a terrible accident at work today. They don't think Eric's going to make it. We got to go right now. And, uh, you know, my mom said that 
she heard my grandfather drop the phone, hit the floor, and she could just hear him screaming, not my boy, not my boy. And, um, you know, 20 years later, I still live with that. I had, I did that to him, you know, like my decisions that day in that job site, my choice not to follow the safety procedures, my choice not to have the training, put my grandfather and all those people I love through that. So, um, I'm really good. You know, I, I'm, I'm upright. I love what I do. I love to do the speaking. I have, a, I'm very blessed to be here today. I have a pretty good life, but you never forget about all the people that you hurt and put those things through along the way. And I think a couple of the things that you said hammered home. I mean, you know, first of all, just looking at the financial aspect, the accident did not make you an instant millionaire, right? You still have to hustle. You still have to hustle and actually do a job and actually, you know, earn money so that you can actually <laughs> maintain some type of lifestyle. Yeah. I always tell people all the time, you know, um, if you're planning on getting on an accident, getting in an accident at work is your retirement planning. Don't, it's not a very good plan. You know, that's, that's really not what happens. And um, I'll be honest with you, Rick, like all the money in the world can't take away some of the things that I missed out on. And it can't take away some of the, the, the things that I put my family through. And, and I mean, I would give any amount of money to go back to that day and not get buried in the bottom of that trench. You know, I mean, I just wish I didn't go through that. Um, I wish I didn't put my coworkers through that. I wish I didn't put my family through that. So yeah, money's definitely not the answer, you know? No, it's not. And you know, a couple of the things, cause again, I've, I've seen your, 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 your talk a few times and how you explain and how you describe your mother and your sister standing over your bed, uh, asking you to wiggle your toes and wiggle your fingers, um, because the doctor doesn't think that there's any brain function there. And, and I, and I just put myself in their shoes and it just, it makes me well up each and every time I just think about that because it is, it, it isn't always about you. It affects not just yourself, but it affects everybody that is close to you. Yeah, you know, it certainly does. And, and and I think as workers that maybe that's one of the biggest things that we forget about, you know, um, you know, Rick, you, you take yourself out of your family circle and 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 look what's going to happen to them. And, and, you know, that's something that I really never thought about. You know, my my mom was widowed. Uh, my sister was a was a single mom and, and they relied on me for a lot of things, you know, and, and I guess I didn't realize at the time until I was sitting at home and, and everything was falling apart, like how important I was to all those people. And, and then I'm in a situation where I couldn't help them, you know, and, and, and that's really what I would like to encourage a lot of people to do is, you know, don't just think about you, think about your coworkers, your friends, you know, you spend 40, 50 hours a week with those, those workers, they're your friends, you know, most of them. And, and, and then think about your family members, the people that need you and, and your granddaughter or your grandson that want to take you fit. You want to take fishing and they want you to take them fishing or, you know, that's really the, the biggest effect afterwards that I didn't realize, you know, there's, it's a, it's a huge effect of all the people around you that, that love you and care about you, um, that they, they pay the price for your actions at work. And so you and I have done several competent person classes in the past, how important do you think training is when it comes to this topic of trench and excavation safety? Uh, I think trench and excavation safety is very important. And, um, you know, I was working on that project. It was my first trench job ever. And again, my attitude wasn't the best, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that went into my accident, but, you know, proper training probably definitely helped. And not only that, 
I think proper training would have probably made me feel better to stand up and say, hey, this isn't safe. You know, Rick, I was a 27-year-old kid on my first trenching job ever, right? I mean, who was I at 27 years old with no trenching experience, no training or nothing to tell a man that's been digging ditches for 30 years long and I even been alive that, hey, maybe we're not doing this the right way, you know? And I think that if maybe I would have gone through some sort of training, I would have had some sort of certification, that would have gave me a little more ground to see enough. Like, look, it, I know you've been doing this longer than me, but I am trained. I am certified. Maybe we need to talk about this and do this a better way, you know? So I, I think training is important for that. It gives you a leg to stand on. And I also feel like that there's a couple of things about competent person training that I would like to see changed. Number one, I feel like everybody on a job site that's going to be entering into a trench should be competent person trained, right? Normally, there's one person that's supposed to be competent person trained. Well, we're human beings, right? I mean, we have bad days. You have bad days. I have bad days. Maybe we're we're thinking about something that happened this weekend. Maybe got in an argument with our significant other, whatever the situation is, and, and maybe we're just not as focused. So now you got workers relying on this person who may not be focused to provide safety for them. Whereas if everybody is on on trained on the job site, you have numerous people that know what they're looking for. And if you're trained, you can then be responsible for your safety. If you're not trained, you are now relying on somebody else to make a decision for you about your safety. And then I would also like to see a refresher course, right? I think there should be a refresher course every five years um, to just keep people up to speed. You know, it's interesting you say that because when I do a class and I talk about stop work authority, right? And I say, you know, a lot of companies promote the use of stop work authority, not just for the competent person, but for anybody and everybody. And I was doing a class. This was actually just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I was telling people, look, we're giving you the training. We're giving you the information. If you use that stop work authority, you have the backup to be able to say, well, look, this is the information that I've received in class, or, you know, this is what I've heard in the past. And I think we need to take, you know, give this a second look. And there was a guy in the back of the room and he was relatively young, relatively new in the industry. And he goes, yeah, no, I'm never going to do that. And I said, well, but, but that's the point we're, we're trying, we're, we're giving you the information to be able to make that call right there and then. And then you have some credibility behind you. It's not just you pulling it out going, oh, no, that's not right. And, and you know, some 30-year, as you said, experienced guy says, oh, no, it's fine. Just go on in and do your thing. Absolutely. And I think it's important to have that in your back pocket to, to stand up. And, and, you know, another thing I'd like to say is, you know, if you're out there working and somebody does say, hey, you know, maybe I don't think this is safe. Let's stop work or whatever accept it you know like don't don't brush them off and don't because then that person will never speak up and say anything again and maybe they see something that you didn't see you know different different points of views maybe you know so you you have to accept it you have to talk about it even if it's you know maybe a little bit off you still have to understand because maybe not this time but the next time they're, what they're bringing up may be a very valid point and another thing about you know to that young man in the back of your class that said i would never speak up here's what i like to say Sometimes conversations on the job site, on the side of the trench, wherever it is you're working, they, they may be a little uncomfortable, right? Like, I mean, you're going to tell a guy, your coworker, hey, I don't think we should be doing this way. That's kind of an uncomfortable situation. It's kind of an uncomfortable conversation. But that conversation right there on the side of that trench that day is nowhere near as uncomfortable the conversation will be at the funeral when his little seven-year-old boy or daughter comes up and says, you're on that job site that day. How come you didn't have my dad 
do it a different way. And I, and I really need to think about, you know, have people think about what's comfortable and what's not, you know, I mean, standing up and say, I don't think this is safe. Sure. It can be uncomfortable, but it's nowhere near as uncomfortable as an ocean investigation, as litigation and attorneys coming after you as, as a, a conversation at a funeral or a hospital waiting room, like my coworker I had to go through. So, um, I will take the uncomfortable conversation inside the trench any day versus those other conversations. One additional question. What is the one message you would send to workers in all industries when it comes to safety, not just trenching, but in all industries? Don't be me. That 27 year old bulletproof kid attitude. It's just no good. You know, it's just no good. And, um, you know, I really tell people, to immerse themselves in their training, to get educated about the work that they're doing and to speak up. I mean, speaking up is so important and I've gone numerous places. I have the pleasure to travel all over and, and I hear people all the time. If I would have just said something, if I would have just spoke up or, you know, I knew better, I knew I shouldn't be doing that. And, and, it, and if you're doing a job and, and your gut's telling you, man, I shouldn't be doing this or I shouldn't, don't do it. You know, um, because this accident can happen to you and, and um, you know, don't be afraid to speak up. And then, you know, the other thing is, is safety is your responsibility, right? Like, you know, I go to companies all the time and they have these great big giant safety teams. They have a safety guy, a safety girl, whatever it is. But I mean, the reality is, is that it's really not the safety guy or safety girl or safety team's job to keep you safe. Right. I mean, their job is to assist you with getting your training and assist you with getting your safety equipment and their jobs to assist you in keeping yourself safe, you know? And when you get out there on that job site, it's up to you to know how to do the job the safe way, know the proper safety equipment needed to do that job and how to use it. And the most important, it's up to you to use that safety equipment and follow those safety procedures because you want to, you know, not because the company says you have to, not because OSHA could be coming around or your supervisor, but but because at the end of the day, you want to go home, you want to see your little boy or girl, and you want to go out and, you know, hit that fishing hole or whatever it is you love to do. That's why you have to do it. This has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. Should you have any questions about this topic or have suggestions about other topics we can discuss, send an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. From information on Eric's content or booking information, Eric, where can they go? Uh, if you can go to uh, safetyawarenesssolutions.com, that's our website. Uh, all the information is on there uh, about booking a presentation or the videos. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, Eric Chiguera on LinkedIn. If you want to check me out on there, um, you can get in contact with us there. If you want to email us, it's eric at safetyawarenesssolutions.com, and um, we'll get back to you. So, Eric, thank you again for joining us, and thank you all for listening. You all have a great day, and stay safe out there. Thank you.